Welcome, everybody from all around the world. Welcome to this podcast, Escaping the Entanglements of Our Lives. You got yours, and I've got mine. I'm your host, I'm Dolphus Q. I'm the originator and the creator of this podcast, which was inspired by Toastmasters Project. And I want to pause and give a warm shout out, warm welcome to any Toastmasters who are listening. (laughs) And I hope they are few. Now our minds, yours and minds, are easily entangled with things both real and imaginary. Now some of these things are, if you want to call them good, and some of these things are bad, some of these things are necessary, and some of these things are absolutely it's absolutely sad. Some of the in, entanglements that that we as human beings get ourselves in are absolutely deplorable. They are terrible. But do not despair. I'm here to say that we can escape these entanglements. It's just a matter of uh, doing like Buddha. Go and sit under the yum yum tree. <laughs> we have to be more mindful. We have to be more spiritual. If we are serious about escaping the entanglements of our lives. And there are many ways of doing it. No one way is better than the other way. You know, one road may be the high road and one mode may be the low road, but in the end, you still reach your destination. Now me, I've told my story and I'll tell it again. This podcast is a way of me escaping one of the entanglements of my life. And I'm asking you, I've asked you to follow me as I read and write my my book. A book that I carried around thousands and thousands of pages for, for years. Just too entangled with fears and whatnot. Even to show a single page to a living soul. Like I said, hey, you got your entanglements. And I've got mine. And so do people all around the world, I suppose. <laughs> but some are free. <laughs> yes, yeah, some people out there are really free of all the entanglements that I speak of here. They are enjoying absolutely every day of their lives, which is something that 
<laughs> we should that we should be doing. <laughs> now you can reach me at DolphusQ at Yahoo.com. AdolphusQ at gmail.com. Let me know how you go about escaping the entanglements of your life. But as the walrus said, the time has come for the reading of the word. Episode 23, chapter 23, Lost Man Found. The results of the pregnancy test sounded horrible. It was conclusive. I was the father. I could feel sweat around the collar of my shirt. I sat like one caught guilty of a crime. But Pamela displayed the coolness of a cucumber salad as we sat in the warmth of the cab. She calmly informed me of her intentions to Get rid of it before it was too late. I sat horrified as I thought of criminals getting rid of the evidence. I knew I couldn't wash my hands of my role in her pregnancy, but I sure did want to wash them of her choice. I suggested even in view of the circumstances, a more humane option. Are you crazy? She contested without a trace of coolness. Can't you see I must get rid of it? My eyes fixed on the floorboard of the cab as it morphed into a killing floor. My mouth felt full of fluffy stuff as I tried to say something. It's yours too, Pamela continued with no coolness in her voice. And Bojack will know it if I don't get rid of it. I lifted my eyes from the killing floor. I'm certain she saw agony on my face. But it is human life, I said weakly. To get rid of it like this feels like premeditated murder. Seriously? Premeditated murder? Pamela exclaimed, staring straight at my agony. You really don't know much about the inside of a woman's body, do you? I returned my eyes to the killing floor. I was not a gynecologist and knew not much about the inner workings of a woman's body. <laughs> I only knew what I saw on her surface. My silence told the sum of what I really knew. You know, it's just a love child. She continued calmly. A squiggle of your semen that 
wasn't washed from my womb, an unwanted love child. They are lost every day, some by accident, some by design. I think this is a more human, humane ending than Bojack killing you, me, or us both. I lifted my head from the killing floor. I agreed, I said, but what will you tell him? I got that, she said. You just be cool. You've done enough damage already, don't you think? She laughed and forced me to do the same. After the laugh, I let out a deep sigh of relief. You really sound relieved, she said lightly. <laughs> we should have been more careful. Oh, there's one more thing, money. How much? I asked softly because my mouth had filled with fluff again. Right now, 200 But the longer I wait, the higher the price. So the quicker, the better. She leaned over and kissed me lightly on the lips and smiled. Don't be so gloomy. It's only a love, child. November 30th, 1982. Greetings. How are things working out for you? And how was your Thanksgiving holiday? Did you get to eat dinner with your friends? I had a quiet, pleasant day. Lostein came down from Tallahassee on Wednesday and stayed until Sunday. Priscilla and Lucretia came down Friday after Thanksgiving. All in all, we had a nice time together. Lostein tells me she plans to travel up to Chicago and visit you. I'm not sure when, maybe during spring break. Beatrice wants us to visit her on Christmas Day, but we have other plans. So it will be after Christmas before we see her. I'm sure she won't have any presents for us. Are you still working on your book? If so, good luck. I look forward to reading it one day. I'm at work now and so far it has been rather quiet. I'm bored. I'm getting tired of my present job. I'm ready to move on to something else. I want to go back to school. I'm pretty sure I can get the Air Force to uh, send me, but I just can't seem to get motivated. Somehow, it seems I have lost my desire to get ahead in the world. Who knows, maybe I'm not associating with the right kinds of people. There's nothing much happening in my life. Eric sends his love. Take care and have a Merry Christmas. Love your sister, Grace. December 28th, 1982. Underline. Dear Pamela, your words really disturbed me last night. You said it seems like these days I didn't want to see you all that much. Well, if that is what your intuition tells you, then things are going according to my plan as I attempt to diminish 
the role I allow you to play in my life. I find it is not easy because I have placed you on a high pedestal and view you as God's gift to me. I view you as a diamond in the rough hidden from unaided eyes. And lastly, it is not easy because I continue to believe against all hope that I can win this game of love. Your husband may hold the winning cards in view of the seventh commandment, but I view myself afloat on a fluffy cloud above the fray. I gladly greet each day because any day may contain the miraculous possibility of me waking up the next morning in your bed. But viewed from a foundation of reality, absolutely none of what I envision is real, nor will it ever be. I am doomed to drink the bitter truth of your words. I cannot sleep in two beds at once. So these days, I seem, so if these days I seem rather reclusive, it's more of me finally accepting reality. I bark up the wrong tree. There's nothing up there for me. Now, what I must finally do is switch from being a tormented lover into being merely a friend. The truth and I are now close friends. I see the folly of my fairy tale fantasy. It was a crime against the seventh commandment and a greater crime to dare to believe you would ever be mine, love, always, Dolphus. And thus, we have reached the end of our episode for this Thursday. I ask you all around the world, join me again next Thursday for another episode of Escaping the Entanglements of Our Lives. So long, everybody.